part eight master martin the cooper and his journeyman section three from weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part eight master martin the cooper and his journeyman section three and when paumgartner had taken his seat and drunk a glass of wine master martin began as follows you know my good and honoured friend that soon after rose was born i lost my beloved wife rose's birth was her death at that time my old grandmother was still living if you can call it living when one is blind deaf as a post scarce able to speak lame in every limb and lying in bed day after day and night after night rose had been christened and the nurse sat with the child in the room where my old grandmother lay i was so cut up with grief and when i looked upon my child so sad and yet so glad in fact i was so greatly shaken that i felt utterly unfitted for any kind of work and stood quite still and wrapped up in my own thoughts beside my old grandmother's bed and i counted her happy since now all her earthly pain was over and as i gazed upon her face a strange smile began to steal across it her withered features seemed to be smoothed out her pale cheeks became flushed with colour she raised herself up in bed she stretched out her paralysed arms as if suddenly animated by some supernatural power for she had never been able to do so at other times she called distinctly in a low pleasant voice rose my darling rose the nurse got up and brought her the child which she rocked up and down in her arms but then my good sir picture my utter astonishment nay my alarm when the old lady struck up in a clear strong voice a song in which the hohe fruhliche lobweiss of herr hans berchler mine host of the holy ghost in strasbourg which ran like this maiden tender with cheeks so red rose listen to the words i say wouldst guard thyself from fear and ill then put thy trust in god alway let not thy tongue at aught make mock nor foolish longings feed at heart a vessel fair to see he'll bring in which the spicy liquid foams and bright bright angels gaily sing and then in reverent mood hearken to the truest love oh hearken to the sweet love words the vessel fair with golden grace lo him who brings it in the house thou wilt reward with sweet embrace and an thy lover be but true thou needst nor wait thy father's kiss the vessel fair will always bring all wealth and joy and peace and bliss so virgin fair with the bright bright eyes let a thy little ear be ope to all true words and henceforth live and with god's richest blessing thrive and after she had sung this song through she laid the child gently and carefully down upon the coverlet and placing her trembling withered hand upon her forehead she muttered something to herself to us however unintelligible but the rapt countenance of the old lady showed in every feature that she was praying then her head sank back upon the pillows and just as the nurse took up the child my old grandmother took a deep breath she was dead that is a wonderful story said paumgartner when master martin ceased speaking but i don't exactly see what is the connection
between your old grandmother's prophetic song and your obstinate resolve to give rose to none but a master cooper what replied master martin why what can be plainer than that the old lady especially inspired by the lord at the last moments of her life announced in a prophetic voice what must happen if rose is to be happy the lover who is to bring wealth and joy and peace and bliss into the house with his vessel fair who is that but a lusty cooper who has made his vessel fair his masterpiece with me in what other vessel does the spicy liquid foam if not in the wine cask and when the wine works it bubbles and even murmurs and splashes that's the lovely angels chasing each other backwards and forwards in the wine and singing their gay songs ay ay i tell you my old grandmother meant none other lover than a master cooper and it shall be so it shall be so but my good master martin said paumgartner you are interpreting the words of your old grandmother just in your own way your interpretation is far from satisfactory to my mind and i repeat that you ought to leave all simply to the ordering of providence and your daughter's heart in which i dare be bound the right choice lies hidden away somewhere and i repeat interrupted martin impatiently that my son-in-law shall be i am resolved shall be none other than a skilful cooper paumgartner almost got angry at master martin's stubbornness he controlled himself however and rising from his seat said it's getting late master martin let us now have done with our drinking and talking for neither methinks will do us any more good when they came out into the entrance hall there stood a young woman with five little boys the eldest scarce eight years old apparently and the youngest scarce six months she was weeping and sobbing bitterly rose hastened to meet the two old gentlemen and said oh father father valentine is dead there is his wife and the children what valentine dead cried master martin greatly startled oh that accident that accident just fancy he continued turning to paumgartner just fancy my good sir valentine was the cleverest journeyman i had on the premises and he was industrious and a good honest man as well some time ago he wounded himself dangerously with the adze in building a large cask the wound got worse and worse he was seized with a violent fever and now he has had to die of it in the prime of life thereupon master martin approached the poor disconsolate woman who bathed in tears was lamenting that she had nothing but misery and starvation staring her in the face what said master martin what do you think of me then your husband got his dangerous wound whilst working for me and do you think i am going to let you perish of want no you all belong to my house from now onwards to-morrow or whenever you like we'll bury your poor husband and then do you and your boys go to my farm outside the ladies gate where my fine open workshop is and where i work every day with my journeymen you can install yourself as housekeeper there to look after things for me and your fine boys i will educate as if they were my own sons and i tell you what i'll take your old father as well into my house he was a sturdy journeyman cooper once upon a time whilst he still had muscle in his arms and now if he can no longer wield the mallet or the beetle or the beak iron or work at the bench he yet can do something with crow's ads or can hollow out staves for me with the draw-knife at any rate he shall come along with you and be taken into my house 
if master martin had not caught hold of the woman she would have fallen on the floor at his feet in a dead swoon she was so affected by grief and emotion the eldest of the boys clung to his doublet whilst the two youngest whom rose had taken in her arms stretched out their tiny hands towards him as if they had understood it all old paungartner said smiling and with bright tears standing in his eyes master martin one can't bear you any ill-will and he betook himself to his own home how the two young journeymen frederick and reinhold became acquainted with each other upon a beautiful grassy gently sloping hill shaded by lofty trees lay a fine well-made young journeyman whose name was frederick the sun had already set and rosy tongues of light were stretching upwards from the furthest verge of the horizon in the distance the famed imperial town of nuremberg could be plainly seen spreading across the valley and boldly lifting up her proud towers against the red glow of the evening its golden rays gilding their pinnacles the young journeyman was leaning his arm on his bundle which lay beside him and contained his necessaries whilst on the travel and was gazing with looks full of longing down into the valley then he plucked some of the flowers which grew among the grass within reach of him and tossed them into the air towards the glorious sunset afterwards he sat gazing sadly before him and the burning tears gathered in his eyes at length he raised his head and spreading out his arms as if about to embrace some one dear to him he sang in a clear and very pleasant voice the following song my eyes now rest once more on thee o home sweet home my true and honest heart has ne'er forgotten thee o rosy glow of evening come i fain would naught but roses see ye sweetest buds and flowers of love bend down and touch my heart with winsome sweet caresses o swelling bosom wilt thou burst yet hold in pain and sweet joy fast o golden evening red o beauteous ray be my sweet messenger and bear to her my sighs and tears my tears and sighs on faithfully to her and were i now to die and roses then did ask thee say his heart with love it pined away having sung this song frederick took a little piece of wax out of his bundle warmed it in his bosom and began in a neat and artistic manner to model a beautiful rose with scores of delicate petals whilst busy with this work he hummed to himself some of the lines of the song he had just sung and so deeply absorbed was he in his occupation that he did not observe the handsome youth who had been standing behind him for some time and attentively watching his work mary my friend began now the youth by my troth that is a dainty piece of work you are making there frederick looked round in alarm but when he looked into the dark friendly eyes of the young stranger he felt as if he had known him for a long time smiling he replied oh my dear sir how can you notice such trifling it only serves me for pastime on my journey well then went on the stranger youth if you call that delicately formed flower which is so faithful a reproduction of nature trifling you must be a skilful practised modeller you have afforded me a pleasant surprise in two ways first i was quite touched to the heart by the song you sang so admirably to martin hescher's zarte buchstabenweis 
and now i cannot but admire your artistic skill in modelling how much farther do you intend to travel to-day frederick replied yonder lies the goal of my journey before our eyes i am going home to the famed imperial town of nuremberg but as the sun has now been set some time i shall pass the night in the village below there and then by being up and away in the early morning i can be in nuremberg at noon mary cried the youth delighted how finely things will fit we are both going the same way for i want to go to nuremberg i will spend the night with you here in the village and then will proceed on our way again to-morrow and now let us talk a little the youth reinhold by name threw himself down beside frederick on the grass and continued if i mistake not you are a skilful artist caster are you not i infer it from your style of modelling or perhaps you are a worker in gold and silver frederick cast down his eyes sadly and said dejectedly marry my dear sir you are taking me for something far better and higher than i really am well i will speak candidly i have learned the trade of a cooper and am now going to work for a well-known master in nuremberg you will no doubt look down upon me with contempt since instead of being able to mould and cast splendid statues and such like all i can do is to hoop casks and tubs reinhold burst out laughing and cried now that i call droll i shall look down upon you eh because you are a cooper why man that's what i am i'm nothing but a cooper frederick opened his eyes wide in astonishment he did not know what to make of it for reinhold's dress was in keeping with anything sooner than a journeyman cooper's on travel his doublet of fine black cloth trimmed with slashed velvet his dainty ruff his short broadsword and beretta with a long drooping feather seemed rather to point to a prosperous merchant and yet again there was a strange something about the face and form of the youth which completely negatived the idea of a merchant reinhold noticing frederick's doubting glances undid his travelling bundle and produced his cooper's apron and knife-belt saying look here my friend look here have you any doubts now as to my being a comrade i perceive you are astonished at my clothing but i have just come from strasbourg where the coopers go about the streets as fine as noblemen certainly i did once set my heart upon something else like you but now to be a cooper is the topmost height of my ambition and i have staked many a grand hope upon it is it not the same with you comrade but i could almost believe that a dark cloud shadow had been hung unawares about the brightness of your youth so that you are no longer able to look freely and gladly about you the song which you were just singing was full of pain and of the yearning of love but there were strains in it that seemed as if they proceeded from my own heart and i somehow fancy i know all that is locked up within your breast you may therefore all the more put confidence in me for shall we not then be good comrades in nuremberg reinhold threw his arm around frederick and looked kindly into his eyes whereupon frederick said the more i look at you honest friend the stronger i feel drawn towards you i clearly discern within my breast the wonderful voice which faithfully echoes the cry that you are a sympathetic spirit i must tell you all not that a poor fellow like me has any important secrets to confide to you but simply because there is room in the heart of the true friend for his friend's pain and during the first moments of our new acquaintance even i acknowledge you to be my truest friend end of part eight section three
Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.